I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Welcome back to Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. Thanks for joining me on another week. I'm, I'm happy that you guys are enjoying this, and I've loved the feedback that I've gotten so far. Something that I wanted to tell you guys was that these interviews that I've recorded with actors and actresses, I did a lot of them in May, early May. Um, actually, until about the end of July, you're going to hear conversations with people that I've had months before. Um, and I did that because I didn't know what the future was going to be as far as being able to go back to work. We all know now that that's probably not going to happen for a while still because hello, coronavirus is still rampant. Please stay home and wear your mask. Um, but that also means that these conversations were recorded before the murder of George Floyd and before this beautiful movement and uprising that's taken place. If you follow me on social media, you'll see that I've been retweeting a lot and really trying to amplify the voices that needed to be heard right now. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this because I feel that my voice isn't the one that needs to be heard about this issue. There are incredible people out there who are in the front lines of this, and I really think that you should go listen to them and watch their videos and support them and retweet them. And if you can, if you have the money to do it, you can go to blacklivesmatters.carrd.co. 
they have a bunch of places that you can donate to. There's amazing petitions that you can sign. Um, There's a lot of awesome resources. I know that I'm doing what I can to be a better ally and to learn more every single day. And if you are looking for that link that I just mentioned, it's going to be in the show notes. Um, So if you scroll down, you'll see that it's right there. You can click on that. Heck, you can click on it while you're listening to this podcast and um, use your time wisely and, you know, sign some petitions while you're while you're listening to me ramble. Today, we have a great, great lady. I had such a great time talking to her. It's Rebecca Metz. You know her from Better Things, and she's currently on Coop and Cammy on Disney Channel. And this is our conversation. Hello, Rebecca. Welcome. Thank you so much. Hello. How are you doing this safe at home thing? <laughs> you know, I, I think like a lot of people, I have up days and down days. Yep. I'm doing okay today. That's um, good. How are you holding up? Doing good, you know, baking a lot of bread, doing a lot of yeah. gardening. Just yeah, the, same. The things. Same. <laughs> I feel like that's really the only thing you can do because you're you're locked inside. So yeah, find things. Yeah, I've been crocheting a lot more recently as well. Oh, I don't do that's something I don't do. It's fun. It's um, it does get to be very monotonous though, and I mm-hmm. fall into that. I don't want to look at you for days. Yeah, yeah. I get like that um a little bit with baking. Like I'll have very intense baking phases and then um I don't want to do it again which is good because I also fill up the house with baked goods and there's only the two of us to eat them so you gotta yeah yeah (laughs) I know I have um my herb garden is getting pretty large so I've been bringing mint over to my neighbor's house because there's just too much of it and I didn't know that it was going to grow that quickly yeah it does it takes over it does. My whole, I have this like little outdoor patio thing just for my herbs and the mint is taking up like half of it at this point. Yeah, we have it. We put it in sort of in our garden in sort of a shady spot where other stuff won't grow and it, it just turns into like ground cover. Like it just spreads crazy. like crazy. You can get rid of it if you wanted to. So ours yeah. is going a little crazy too. <laughs> At least it smells good. <laughs> it does. It does. Oh my goodness. So, okay, before we start, I'm so excited. I love Better Things. I think that's a great oh, show. It's you. so funny. And you're so great. Thank you. It's yeah, it's a really special. It's a really special one. It's a that's a like a dream gig for me. Cuz it's funny, but it's also serious and mm-hmm. and full of feelings and just really sort of grounded and authentic and I like stuff that is doesn't fit squarely into comedy or drama mm-hmm. that kind of you know does a little bit of everything yeah and um it does that and the people are great and just everything about it is great it seems like it would be a really fun set yeah it really is that's awesome so yeah. I was um I was looking at Wikipedia you know the most reliable source out there and uh-huh. it said that you went to Carnegie Mellon what in the heck how how was that? I feel like that's one of those schools that you hear about and you're like, oh, but that's for like really special people. <laughs> or crazy people. <laughs> it, was, it was really intense. I actually, um, in eighth grade, I embarked on this like project at the library to research all of the acting conservatories. And mm-hmm. I announced to my parents that I was going to Carnegie Mellon and they took me there for a campus tour. So like I kind of had Carnegie wow. Mellon... I was I I was aiming myself in that direction from an early age. And actually by the time I got to high school, 
I had sort of decided I wasn't going to go, I think because I, I just thought I won't get in or it was the furthest school from home. I grew up in New Jersey. And so mm. I applied to schools in New York and one in Philadelphia, but Pittsburgh was the furthest from home that I applied. And I had a friend going to NYU and I was like, I'm just going to go to NYU. It's going to be great. And then I got into Carnegie and I, um, wow. I literally couldn't make myself check the box, the no <laughs> box on the form. I Yeah, I don't think I could either. I always used to say that I was going to try to go to Juilliard when I was younger, but, mm-hmm. you know, life happens and things mm-hmm. happen and you go on a different course. But that's that's so cool and so amazing. It was the right place for me. I mean, I think with anything, a program like it's so they're so specific, those programs, that it's a little bit of a crapshoot whether you end up in the right one for you. But I really did. So it sounds like you always knew that you wanted to be an actor then. Yeah, from a pretty early age. My parents tell me that I also made noises about being like a veterinarian or something. But Mm. as I remember, it was pretty much always acting. And I was always going to like, you know, art summer camps and in (laughs) in all the magnet programs and school theater and stuff. So it was I was pretty devoted. Wow. I love that. It sounds everyone that I've spoken to, we all got our start super young. It's like we were born to just do this. Mm hmm. But then every once in a while you meet someone who's like, yeah, I was an adult and one day I just decided I'm going to try this and they're successful and you just sort of go like, wasn't I don't that the story that. with um with Harrison Ford? Wasn't he like a carpenter and then just decided to be an actor one day or something? I know he was a carpenter. I don't know how the acting thing happened, but um, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's wild probably. To me. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild to me for um to see those actors though that are like, yeah, I just, you know, wanted to do it one day and I'm like, wait, what? You didn't yeah. just So I just come out of the womb acting. Got an agent and started working and I'm like, "Oh yeah. my god, I spent so many What's years." That like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It, it's a, it's, you know, hey, you're you're doing stuff now. You're doing mm-hmm. a lot of stuff now, which is great. Yeah, um, I have nothing to complain about. So you went so you went to Carnegie and then what? Did you come out to LA immediately after or what happened then? I did. So we um my class was the first class to showcase in LA. They always oh. always or for a long time had showcased in New York and did this thing called leagues where a bunch of the schools would come and do, you know, do put on a show for for agents and managers and casting directors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we decided that we wanted to do it in LA also. So we had bake sales and raised a bunch of money. And now they do it every year. Oh Ever since then, they've been coming every year. So um, we did a showcase in LA and I, um, I'd been to Southern California once with my grandparents when I was 10 or something. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think I came to LA and I grew up on the East Coast. So the West Coast was really kind of foreign to me. And I mean, after four Pittsburgh winters, I got off the plane here and uh, <laughs> it didn't take much convincing <laughs> after that. And I was also sort of intrigued by what was going on in television. It was just, yeah. you know, the was, was just starting. It was just around the beginning of what's happened in television. Right. And um, I, I was just looking for to kind of do something else. I figured I could always go back to New York if it didn't work. And that was the moment to make a big move. And um, that's what I did. And I think it was a good idea. That's awesome. So you've always been kind of attracted then to television. Yeah, I mean, I love I went to school for theater. I've always done theater. Mm -hmm. I will always do theater. Um, But I also grew up watching TV, you know, and um, I think on a very this is not like a deep craft level, (laughs) but I enjoy when a door is a door 
and you know you turn on a sink and the sink works I love yeah. that I I it's so you're it's, not you're not going into a Meisner method right now <laughs> no no <Okay. laughs> I uh I, I it was just something different and at, at that point like all of the plays had sort of blended into one long play and and I just needed to kind of break it up with something and um yeah, television ended up being the right place. That's that's awesome. I I love TV. I don't know if I could stand being on one for like more than, you know, 8 seasons cuz I feel like I'd get bored, not necessarily bored, but just yeah. like feel like okay, I want to try something new because mm-hmm. I feel like as actors we're constantly searching to become some other character. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I mean, I hear that. I feel like I I have the same worry about getting into a tour for two years and doing literally yeah. the same show yeah. eight times a week. I just feel like I would lose my mind. I've, I've actually found that I enjoy being on a series where you are playing the same character mm-hmm. week in, week out, but obviously the scripts change, the stories change and like right. you, you get new information about your character. You, you learn more about them and, and find out that some assumptions you had were wrong. And it's just a different, it's a slightly different discipline. Um, right. I do think like you though, that I, I, I might go a little stir crazy yeah. <laughs> doing the same thing for that long, but hopefully you can do other, you know, projects on the side do everything in between yeah I like I like when they have the shows that are you know fully thought out where it's like okay we're gonna do six seasons of this and then you're like okay great that sounds awesome let's do that (laughs) it also just feels like it's well planned out then as well yeah I mean it's it's funny because when you've gone from doing a lot of guest roles which I was doing Mm-hmm. you know up until a few years ago yeah it looks like you've been on like every single television series since <laughs> 2000 which is a little freaking bit awesome little I was bit. looking at your IMDb I was like oh my god she's literally done every single series that I love there's been, there's been a bunch but but like it's exciting to obviously have a job where you know that you're going to be there for a while and to not oh, heck yeah. constantly be unemployed again yeah. but at the same time <laughs> I do find that I miss the feeling of possibility of like anything could mm-hmm. happen today. I could get a phone call that changes everything. You know, I'm, I'm a little part of me is always like, I want, I want something surprising to happen. And, you know, then we get the situation we're in now and you think, well, I'm never going to wish for that again. Yeah. You're like, okay, actually, can I just, can I please take that <laughs> yeah. back? I'm sorry. Um, I really want to go work. back again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. I feel that. I mean, Hey, I would love to be on a series one day and just be able to be like, Hey, this is my life now for, you know, the next, whatever mm-hmm. six years mm-hmm. sounds great be able to relax a little which would yeah. be nice <laughs> yeah so okay so you've done all of these awesome television roles and all this stuff and then how did um better things come up was it just another regular audition it was I mean it was a little bit special because I um I knew when FX announced the project I mm-hmm. sort of noted it and sent it to my agent and manager <laughs> and we're like you know I would like to keep an eye on this, please. Yeah. So, um, and Felicia Fasano is the casting director and she is Mm -hmm. a friend and has, is somebody who had been calling me in over the years. And so, you know, when it's, when you see a project and you see that it's an office that, you know, you get excited because it's like, well, they might actually, they (laughs) might actually listen (laughs) when I say I want to come in, but it was a normal audition. Um, 
almost normal. One thing Felicia does, I was just talking to a, an actor friend about this today, is that you don't get the sides ahead of time. You, oh, wow. She says, show up 15 minutes early and we'll give them to you there. So you can't. Oh, how fun, um, though. Yeah. It's much closer to a real cold read. And it's much right. more spontaneous. And you can't plan it. And, you know. So there's no going it, to an acting coach and sitting yes. at it overnight and trying yeah. to figure this out. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that makes it not totally a normal audition. And everyone read the same material. It was just mm. sort of, you know, to meet actors and see what they're like. And, um, and I did that. And I, a week or two later, I got a call saying, you're going to be in the show. We don't know who you're going to be, but wow. you're going to be in it. And then another couple weeks later, I got my first episode playing Tressa and it was just one episode huh. and I did it and it was crazy, crazy fun. And then a week or two after that, I got a text from Felicia on a Sunday saying, are you doing anything tomorrow? We want to put you in a scene. And what? I was like, I will make myself available. You're like, um, now I'm not now I'm <clears throat> right. totally available. Everything is canceled. So, um, yeah, that's, wow. that's, and from there, Tressa was kind of, you know, in the, in, in the, the friend circle. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that, in the mix. That in say. itself is a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. How, how crazy. I love that the casting director just texted you like, hey, you want to work tomorrow? Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, like, yeah, pinch me, I guess. I, I don't remember if, if she said, what are you doing tomorrow? And mentioned <laughs> the scene. And I could have been like, I don't know why. Do you need like a ride to the airport or... <laughs> Do you, are you gonna make me go to all the way to LAX? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I think I I'm usually, not available then. I usually don't answer open-ended yeah. schedule questions. It's <laughs> a matter of policy, but I'm glad I did then. Yeah, no kidding. Oh my gosh! So you're you're still are you still doing that then? I hope so. Um, we're waiting to find out if we're getting another season, and those okay. you know decisions. Uh, I don't know what's going on with them right. right now because everything's a little bit you know up in the air, not normal. So <laughs> I certainly hope so. And then, so besides that, you're also doing Coop and Cammy on Disney. Mm-hmm. Coop and Cammy Ask the World on Disney Channel, which we are also waiting to hear about. We have, there's Better Things Season 4 has finished airing all its episodes. They're all available mm-hmm. on Hulu. Coop and Cammy, we still have some episodes left to air in Season 2, and we are waiting to hear about Season 3. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Crazy. But, I mean, what a fun couple of years this has been. Very. Very. Wow. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? 
I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. Okay, mm-hmm. so this brings me to the story portion of the show. What, yep. like, what is your one that got away? Well, it's sort of a happy ending one that got away because so this would have been 2013. Um, I went in for a major recurring guest on Shameless. Oh. Um, And I had been in for that show a bunch of times. John Levy, who casts Shameless, is another one of those casting directors who's called me in. ER was one of my very first jobs. I did Southland, like... um, John knows me and and brings me in and so I'd been in for Shambles a bunch of times nothing Mm. ever panned out and this was um again a major recurring guest role and I sort of went you know I went and did an audition and and as you probably know like you get good at doing it and forgetting about it like you put your all into it and then you get in the car and you go home and you forget about it and I actually remember in that audition doing the thing where someone walked in and I was like, well, that's who I'd give it to. That's who I had in my <laughs> mind. And you go, oh my God, stop doing that. So I went and did it. And John's office is usually uh, a straight to producer's office. He doesn't do mm. pre-reads. There usually isn't a callback. So you go in once and you either book it or you don't. Um, I went in and then I got a callback. And mm. I was like, oh. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went back and did the callback. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, well, here we go. And the woman who I thought I would give it to wasn't there. Oh, bizarre. Like, okay, well, clearly I don't know what they're looking for, so <laughs> I'm going to stop worrying about that. And then I got another call back. And Whoa. they were like, John wants to talk to you. I had a phone call with John and he gave me tips. And it was what? like, um, the third callback was a chemistry read with William H. Macy. Holy crud. Yeah. Um, and it was me and one other woman. Okay. Um, oh, I have anxiety so, just thinking about this. Exactly. So like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and to put this in context, I was, um, this was in again, 2013. Mm-hmm. I believe it was November. Okay. Um, my husband and I had, we were at the tail end of four consecutive years of one or the other of us getting laid off from our crappy day jobs. Oh no. Um, and getting a new crappier day job I don't mean crappy I liked at least one of those jobs but (laughs) the thing you you don't want to be doing yeah we were in the fallout from the from the economic crash um it was just a terrible time to be trying to find work we both gotten laid off we had just gotten married we had a mortgage we couldn't afford like things were really stressful and so I was like this is it this is how I get out of this like this is how I get health insurance again this is how you know Oh my God, you're making me like start was, sweating here. I'm like, oh yeah. no. And we're coming up on the holidays, which is this sort uh, of like dry period when after late November, there's nothing to audition for. And, right. You know, or it used to be that way anyway. So I go in, I it's me and this other woman. The um, breakdown says, should be the spinning image of William H. Macy, but more haggard. And I was oh. like, you know, I, what? I, I, I don't think I look that much like him. And for whatever you could say about me, I don't look haggard. <laughs> That's just, I feel like if I read that and then was like, 
being up for a role for a description like that, I'd just be like, wait a second. I usually don't. I don't stress that kind of thing because I'm like, hey, man, whatever you see in me, I'm happy to let you see if it means I get to do a good job. Um, But that one I was like, and then the other woman walked in and I was like, uh, she looks exactly like him. Oh, no. And and then I had to talk with myself again, like, don't do that. You're talking yourself out of it, whatever. Um, And then he came in and he recognized her and they had a nice warm reunion uh, and said hello to me and went into the room and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> um <laughs> and she went in before me and it was like him and John Levy and I think John Wells and like mm-hmm. all of the writers so probably okay. 15 people in that room which uh. I would rather do that than just be on tape which has become sort of the norm yeah I feel but- like all of my auditions now are just tape it Mm -hmm. that's it yeah and especially if it's comedy I like there being people there but it's also it was a very charged high pressure (laughs) (laughs) and I feel like again this these are things that actors do to ourselves that we shouldn't do and we know better but whatever we do it anyway I was listening I heard her book it in the room like I heard Mm. I was like if, if I just had the audition the reactions that she just got I would assume that I it's and it's always the worst when you're sitting there and you can hear what's going on in the room and you're just like son of a bitch like how am I supposed to follow that I always have uh like a well I guess now my phone I was gonna say an iPod but I always have you know something sort of listening to to yes to to drown it out but I didn't Mm -hmm. I whatever I just me and her and I wanted to hear and sometimes sometimes I get good information out of it. I hear something and I go, okay, well, I'm not going to do it that way. So I'm not worried or whatever it is. Um, But I just, I heard her do it. I heard it go really Mm. well. Um, I heard other people in there recognize her and say things about her other work and whatever it is. Um, And I don't think she had been at the other auditions. It was like they brought her straight in at this level. Okay. Okay. And, um, and then I went in. And it went fine. I was, I was, I don't think I was visibly nervous. I knew I was nervous, but I felt good about what I did in the room. Um, you know, all the things you want. Mm-hmm. But when I left, I was like, I didn't book this. Ugh. And then, and then you, you, you know, I mean, this is what I do is I, I, I allow myself sort mm-hmm. of armchair quarterbacking in mm-hmm. the car on the way home and then I have to drop it yeah. so that I don't stew on you it. You know, like I'm, a, I'm allowed to kind of go over it in my head on the drive home, just in terms of like, did I do what I wanted? Is there something I could have done differently? Right. You know, and then I, when I get home, I have to stop thinking Which about that's, it. That I mean, cool. that's great training, like mental training for an actor is to be able to sit there, be with it for a second and then just let it go. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really important because you'll drive yourself crazy. Oh, yeah. There's there's you know? a couple of times I've driven myself mad and then I sit yeah. and look back on it. And I'm like, I really should have just kind of let that shit fly. <laughs> because there's nothing you can do about it at that point. You're just no. you're just obsessing. Yep. And um, I'm usually pretty good at it. But when the stakes are high, it doesn't always work. And I, I mm-hmm. you know, I was still thinking about it because it would have really changed my life. Yeah you know, it would have sort of been the key to being able to make that 
transition away from crappy day jobs and being right. worried about money all the time and all that stuff. Um, and then a couple of days later they called and said I didn't get it. Ugh, gosh. And I, I mean, I cried for three days, you know, yeah. I just, I just felt like, because, because also it's not like I was going out for major recurring guest stars all the time. Like those, those opportunities themselves and on a show that you like and, and, <clears throat> a show that's likely to come back for another few seasons. Yeah. Those are those few and far between. Yeah. Very and rare. so I just, I just had one of those moments that we all um, have, hopefully yeah. not too often where I was like, <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing? Why, you know, does everyone think I'm crazy for sticking with this? It's just that, that suffering that an artist just puts, we put ourselves through it because we love it so much that we're just like, I got to keep doing it. And then you just, uh-huh. it's constant suffering, but then you get the good things and you're like, oh, great. Okay. This is why well, I'm doing it. That's exactly it. That's why it's a good story is because, you know, my agent was like, they said they loved you. They're going to find mm. you something. And I was like, mm-hmm, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh-huh. Crap. I've heard before, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the following spring, I went in again for Shameless, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I may have had a callback for that one, or it might have just been one audition, but it mm. felt kind of like they made this role for me, and that role was Aww. Melinda, the waitress that I ended up doing for three seasons on the show. Wow. Like, they really did find they something really for me. They really did. They that's really a, did. That's very encouraging to know that there are writers and producers out there who aren't lying when they say they'll find something for you (laughs) I know I know and and I honestly think like having watched what happened with the other role they they were right they were absolutely right Mm. I wouldn't have liked doing what that role ended up having to do and the Melinda Melinda character was exactly right for me and let me sort of that was really my first transition into not just guesting, but being there long enough to start to have relationships with people on the set and to feel comfortable and have some seniority and and not be sort of nervous like the first day of school every time that job was. And I mean, Shameless works at a very efficient pace. Hmm. Um, Your John Well shows generally work at a very high level. Um, And so just to prove to myself that I could do that and that I could kind of fit in on that kind of set mm-hmm. in the long term was really, really a big deal for me. And people love that show. And it just, it's a great it went, show. It went exactly the way it should have gone. Yeah. You know, wow. That's really cool. That's one of those, this was meant to be stories. Yeah. yeah. I love and, that. I mean, I got to have a chemistry read with William H. Yeah, yeah, you can say that from now on. That's a pretty crazy how, one. How amazing is that? And and I don't even I don't know that he remembered me in the other <laughs> role, but um, it oh, just gosh. it I just you know you want to go back to like the me that was sobbing on my bed for three yeah. days and be like it's and okay, be like it's fine. It really. Like, I, it would be so annoying if someone was like, maybe this is going to lead to something even better. And when you're in that place, you're like, yeah, shut no, up. I hate I don't that, wanna, I hate that when, like, your parents or your best friend is like, but it's okay because you're going to get something better in the future. And you're like, uh-huh. you know what? Just let me 
you're like blah 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 for a second i just need to die for a minute please thank you but uh that damn it that's actually what happened wow how awesome you know good on those producers and writers for actually sticking to their word and utilizing you like Mm -hmm. that's amazing Mm -hmm. that's really cool yeah yeah and that's I think that's part of what's so great about those those casting relationships with those people who bring you in over and over and over again because every time you go in and don't book something they are Mm -hmm. learning right what you do well and what you know what where you do belong and and mm-hmm. you know like it's a relationship I think we tend to think of each audition as this sort of thing unto itself and I either book this job or I don't yeah and I, I think it's it's very I easy think, to fall into that yeah when I started thinking of them as like I am building a relationship with this office with these people they're learning who right. I am and what I do and I'm learning sort of their sensibilities and and through doing that we find the right thing to do together or not it's true. You know, I've seen some actors because with this whole stay at home order, I've uh, there's casting directors who are out there doing like open calls and mm-hmm. you know, or having, you know, specific people that they want to see put on tape just because they have yep. the time to watch them right now. And I've seen some actors complain about doing it. And I'm like, but this is a chance for you to do whatever the heck you want for this casting director. Like, take it this is this is something that doesn't happen much like maybe they I mean, won't isn't watch this it what ever people always say they wish cast directors would do exactly everyone has always said like man i wish i could just you know do this this and this and this and it's just like okay well do it then like here it is yeah, now your you can. yeah i think you know people who, the casting directors who are doing that right now are awesome like i yeah. love that plus it gives actors a chance to actually act right now which I feel like we all need to do yes absolutely and to cast yourself like yeah you know not to just do material that that's what how they see you but do material Mm -hmm. how you see you yeah because I mean we we know ourselves best and Mm -hmm. the ones that I've gotten you know they've sent over a couple different things to choose from and I found it to be so much more freeing just being able to choose what I want to do and being able to like really commit to that. Yeah. I think it's great. I think actors would be crazy not to take advantage of it. If it's an office that you don't know, like, yeah, that's, that's what you want. Yeah. I mean, I get that there's probably like hundreds of actors sending in tapes, but who cares? Maybe they will watch yours. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, like those hundreds of actors are there submitting every time you're submitting for a role. You just don't, you're just not thinking about it but it's not like in other times you're not competing with all of those actors you are you are you just don't see them Mm -hmm. (laughs) wow what a story I I loved Shameless that was a really good show yeah yeah it was was really good a great show a a great working experience Mm. um it and it made me a better actor there's also I mean this seems like a ridiculous thing (laughs) At least in in our scenes, there are a lot of props. Like, we were Mm. in a diner, and we were waitressing the whole time. Like, really? And it's not, that is not the kind of show where you, like, you know, stand face-to-face and have a conversation. It's constant movement. It's movement, yeah. There were days that I came home from set and looked at my my phone or my watch, and I had walked, like, 9,000 steps. Holy crud. Just acting. I love it. And I used to be nervous about props like I didn't want to touch anything because I was afraid I would break it or drop it or put it in the wrong place or whatever and that 
show broke me of that fear because I just had to do it constantly. And That's just so funny that you mentioned that. I never really thought about how much movement is in that show. Mm-hmm. And the ca- I mean, it's it's really a dance. The cameras are all over the place. It's a lot of kind of it's choreography, right? And a lot of um, looking busy all the time, like finding mm-hmm. things to do that are believable that keep you mm-hmm. busy. Because at any point, the camera could swing around and see you. Like you're, I'm the, still oh, wow. working on figuring out, you know, when the camera sees me and when it doesn't. So, wow. Um, it was really good practice. That sounds like a master class in acting right there. Mm-hmm. And I was there when um, William H. Macy directed an episode and when Emmy Rossum directed her first episode. And Oh, how fun. Yeah. Re- just just a really cool experience. That's so awesome. So, wow. That's, that's great. I love that story. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I think I went into audition for Shameless when it was like the pilot episode, but mm-hmm. I I think I was only like 16 or something and they had said that you had to be 18 for it because there was going to be like some sort of like, you know, it was shameless. So there was going to be sex involved at some point. Um, Yeah. But I think I'd only gone in because my manager had a relationship there some sort. I have no idea. But Mm -hmm. I remember going in and the casting director being like, you're too young, but great job. I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) I'm just going to leave now. I I will also say by the time I, was done there and um and by then I was doing better things and mm-hmm. it was not too long before Coop and Cammy. But but when I was done I was like I, I I think I'm literally the only character that's gotten away with not taking my clothes off. The yeah, only probably <laughs> because because all the boys from the bar we did a um, bachelorette party scene and they all stripped. Mm. So I was like <laughs> seriously everyone has taken you're, their clothes you're the off. Only one. <laughs> yeah, and I you was know, like, I'm like, getting out of here while I still can. <laughs> I'm leaving. See you later, yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, this has been really fun, and thank you so much for coming on and and telling this epic story. <laughs> I freaking love it. So fun. You're welcome. Thank you for letting me tell it. We never get to tell these kinds of stories to anyone but other actors I, I mean know. it's okay if, if it's all other actors listening that's okay too. <laughs> it's probably yeah it's probably just actors listening to this yeah. podcast but that's okay <laughs> now they'll know that you know other people are experiencing the exact same thing that they have experienced oh lord yes the crying on the bed for three days yes we've yep. all been there yeah we've the all been there lots of ice cream eating <laughs> mm-hmm. uh where can people find you on the social medias I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Rebecca Mess. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Rebecca. And I'm hoping that Coop and Cammy and Better Things get picked up and you get to go back to work when all this stuff is over eventually same, at some point. Same. I hope we all get back to work sooner than later. <laughs> all right. Great talking to you. You too. What an awesome conversation. That was great. Um, thank you again, Rebecca. For being on the show with me and sharing your stories <laughs> multiple uh next week on the show we have patrika darbo the amazing emmy winner i love that lady so much we have done several projects together she's played my therapist she's played my mom she's great and i i can't wait for you guys to listen to her she's she's crazy and wild and i love her so much Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to it right now. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your dog. And thanks for coming in. Anna Sheridan, New York Times bestselling author of Supernatural Horror. Missing for nearly six months now. 
That's not possible. Is the compass broken? Or did I turn to the sleep Given the circumstances of her disappearance, someone with a more vivid imagination might decide she'd pierce the veil, so to speak. Weak radio signal. 700 meters. Closing fast. There's no place for ghost stories and close encounters in this investigation, or any other. I need you to find me. The Shared Tapes, a serialized horror mystery podcast. Stream the complete series today on Realm and on all podcasting platforms.